0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Movie Wrap-Up, where we talk all things movies, TV, and news. I am your host, Brandon Sedlick, and joining me today is stand-up comedian with three specials on Netflix right now, Burt Kreischer. Hey, I am the machine. And I think we'll start off with Saturday Night Live again, as last week, and for future episodes, because I think it's easiest leading into everything. It's not really news, and I think it would make for a more cohesive discussion later. And uh, this week, or I guess last week, uh, Bill Burr, was hosting and it's just kind of a treat that he's finally hosting because he's one of the best comedians in the business today. Bill Burr is awesome. Once again, I'll rank each sketch. There were only six this week, uh, from my favorite to least favorite. And I think there's no need to talk about the weekend update and musical guest. Uh, this week it was, uh, Jack White and I thought he was a little boring actually. Okay. So my favorite sketch and I think it was probably better than last week's. Uh, this week, it was the vice pres- president President uh, debate. And once again, probably no surprise here. Maya Rudolph absolutely killed it as Kamala Harris. Same with Beck Bennett as Pence. But Jim Carrey turning into The Fly in a Jeff Goldblum-like way was actually pretty funny from the movie The Fly. Um, but yeah... That was really funny. It's basically Jim Carrey playing Joe Biden, playing the fly in Pence's Head, playing Jeff Goldblum. That's just something I never knew I actually wanted. And then my next favorite uh, is probably the sports debate. And it probably uh, really depends on your perspective and how you look at everything over the past few months. For me, like I, I understand the tragedy of the country has been going through for this whole year with the riots and everything, but I, I actually really thought the sketch was pretty funny. And then my next favorite was the new normal, uh, and on paper the sketch seems extremely stupid, just pronouncing words incorrectly after people after people aren't uh, like being around everyone for months on end. But in reality, it's actually really funny, and I think it's more of Kate McKinnon in this sketch that I like than Bill Burr. Um, my next favorite, probably the Sam Adams uh, commercial. And it's really Bill Burr in this one that making me like the sketch. His trashy, wise guy, Boston accent is really uh defining trait about him as a comedian. And him playing that guy who just doesn't like, because um, they turn all the food into pumpkin flavor or whatever and drinks this year. Yeah, him just being that guy is actually really funny. But SNL has done this type of uh, ad commercial sketch play-by-play a hundred different times. And then my next favorite, we kind of get into the ones that I really, I'm not exactly a fan of, uh, Don Pauly, and this is kind of a play on, uh, you have to be careful what you say and everything, in these days, everyone gets offended to an insane extent, but, I mean, I, I get it, I guess. But yeah, it pretty much contradicts uh, Bill Burr's entire opening monologue, but yeah, just be careful what you say, I guess. By the way, I'm guilty confused. of that. <laughs> Okay, my least favorite one this week is the, I believe it was the second sketch they did, uh, Enough is Enough, that uh, ad, uh, or not ad, the pre-recorded sketch with Beck Bennett. This one was just awful. I know it was the, the spoof that they did on that incredibly hysterical and embarrassing Black Lives Matter, the black and white montage of all the white actors saying that they're sorry or whatever, or they know... This means that appeared on Twitter a while ago. That was kind of weird that that happened, but uh, but yeah, this sketch I did it turned out nearly unwatchable. I did I hated this sketch so much. Okay, so on Netflix just a few days ago, a new movie came out called The Trial of the Chicago-, Chicago Seven. And I'd say it's not my favorite film of the year right now. I think that would be Five Bloods. But I would say this is probably my pick for Best Picture of the Oscars this year. It's more about the subject matter that this movie is dealing with because it's dealing with riots. And, that will, and it can relate uh, to what's happening today with the riots or what has happened. And then it kind of circles around the Democratic National Convention back in the 60s. And that can relate to the election that's coming up right now. And voters, like, love the relevance and timeliness of everything. So I'm sure – I mean, I'm, I could, I won't guarantee it'll win Best Picture. Netflix is a lot – especially Netflix. They have a lot of good movies coming out and have come out this year. But, yeah, I'd say this is probably my pick. And I think not just Best Picture. This will at least get nominations in almost every category – Uh, Aaron Sorkin, script, he's a fantastic writer, but I would not say he's the best director. Uh, this is his second movie after he just did Molly's Game a few years ago. I wasn't a fan of that movie as much, but he does give us great lines here, and sometimes they're a bit overwritten, but I can get over that because I learned a lot from this movie, actually. Um, and he gets these fantastic performances from... Like a great cast, holy cow! Uh, Sacha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong, Yaya Abdul Mateen II, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, John Carroll Lynch, Michael Keaton, Eddie Redmayne, Frank Langella, and it's pr- it's probably gotta it's, I mean it's gotta suck for supporting actors this year because they have to beat out almost everyone in this movie because I I I could see a lot of people in this movie competing against each other as well. However, Chadwick Boseman, I think he'll they'll get give him like a tribute Oscar like they did for Heath Ledger in Dark Knight they'll either give it to him for probably Defy Bloods or Ma Rainey's Black Black Bottom coming out later this December on Netflix and I think everyone's just kind of have to understand I'm sure everyone will understand why uh but yeah I think this movie's a must watch because it's there's certain stuff in this movie that I think you should know about but we haven't necessarily uh learned about it in like history classes and everything Quite a while ago, there was a show announced for Warner Bros. new streaming service, HBO Max. It's, it's going to be a Green Lantern Corp. show, and they're just now putting the pieces together and everything, and you can already point out some major problems. Uh, the, showner, the showrunner is Seth Graham Smith, and th- I think this is a disaster of a decision. Um, he's had a very bad track record. He was uh, a very small producer on It and in Chapter 2. But aside from that, he's had some horrible movies that he's been behind: uh, Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and a lot more. And then Mark Guggenheim is going to be a writer on the show, or he he worked on Supergirl, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, the CW shows, and they weren't bad necessarily, but they were just too basic and a lot of the same. Uh, but he also worked on Percy Jackson Two, and the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, which you'd think is an automatic no for him to be on this show. Because that movie was awful. And they're, I hope they just don't do the same thing again with this show. But the show is going to be a ten, 10 one-hour episodes ordered by uh, DC. Just as they're doing for Peacemaker. There's no pilot needed. They get the full season regardless of how, how good or bad it's received in the beginning. And it's set, it was said to focus on a uh, few Green Lanterns, not just one. So it's going to be Guy Gardner, who's definitely a more uh, popular Green Lantern, but he's the least diverse in this uh, group that they chose. Uh, Jessica Cruz is going to be another one. She's a newer character who's Mexican-American. He, uh, she was created by Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns also created Simon Baz, who's going to be in this uh, show, but... Uh, when he created him, he was stupidly introduced with a gun, and there's no need for any Green Lantern to have a gun. Also, uh, this ca- uh, character is supposed to represent like the Muslim community, which I that was a really bad call for that to have. that's kind of I don't know what he's trying to say there. And then the last one that this uh, show is gonna focus on is Alan Scott, who's recently made a gay character and in the recent years, and I don't know if he could pop up in Black Adam. Uh, but, because he's a member of the JSA, but I don't know. It's, I don't know what they're going to do if, like, crossing over everything like Disney Plus is doing with Marvel. But Jeff Johns is still attached as a producer, and I think, uh, Warner Brothers wouldn't want to keep him around after all the things that happened with, like, Ray Fisher and Jason Momoa, everything that's come out over the past few months. And also, he only allows DC to adapt his comics and his comics alone, um, and he's not allowing them to have any range, which is kind of odd. I mean, it's not... For here, as, that aside, for here, I could see why he would want that to happen. Like, just use his characters and everything. Because he's probably most famous for his Green Lantern comics and everything. He did Blackest Night, which is, like, one of the best crossovers ever. Um, yeah. And then uh, Kilowog and Sinestro are also supposed to be in this show as well. But I'm, I'm kind of uh confused are they saving like the quintessential green lanterns like hal jordan john stewart kyle rayner like are they saving them for the movies i don't know but like if if not what's taking so long i don't care if if we have them in a movie or not just i'll take them through a tv show if that's what we're gonna get because we have we haven't seen anything about green lantern live action in like 10 years and that was that movie with ryan reynolds wasn't good so i don't know Another show that's been talked about for quite a while now, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show over on Disney+, Plus, taking place in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, uh, has just been confirmed by Ewan McGregor to start filming this March, 2021, and I would put the release date mid to late 2022 at best, because there's probably filming protocols they have to go through. And I'm just glad this idea exists, because for how many problems the prequels, even Revenge of the Sith, I know that's like a lot of your guys' favorite Star Wars movie, but it's definitely, it's definitely the best of that trilogy, um, but that's not exactly something to be surprised about, because there's plenty of issues based around that, and at the center, believe it or not, George Lucas's visions itself, the CGI, the writing, oh my god, it's so bad. Um, but yeah, Ewan McGregor was cast by Lucas himself, and he was definitely the Probably the best and most consistent part of that trilogy. But yeah, this was officially confirmed for the series uh, back uh, D23, 2019. And Deborah Chow, who directed episodes 3 and 7, like some of the better ones, of The Mandalorian Season 1, she's going to serve as the head director and showrunner on this show. Also, uh, third season of Mandalorian is supposed to shoot by the end of this year, so we could probably expect that also next year. But this Kenobi show has been continuously delayed after infinite amount of script changes. Like they can't keep doing this. They're like, oh, we have our script done, then it's like, oh, we don't like it very much. We have to rewrite it. They got the as long as the crew and behind the scenes everything has their crap in order, the schedule shouldn't be an issue. We can expect this within the few year, few coming years. And I would have probably rather seen this as a movie than Solo and just put have solo be a streaming series but i mean i'll take what we got we haven't seen ewan mcgregor's obi-wan in uh, 15 years so yeah i i think this is awesome and just a few days ago uh it was announced that coming to america sequel coming to america has been bought uh by amazon for 125 million dollars that's a lot of money and paramount kind of has lately not just in this year but um they have a habit of just dumping their movies on streaming services without hesitation. But why is Jeff Bezos throwing out this much money for these movies when he already doesn't pay his employees accordingly? And most people don't even have Prime for the streaming service. They use it for the two-day free shipping. And this, this these movies and everything is just kind of like a perk to throw in. So it's, like, it's just like an add-on. If, if people just want to watch it, it's there. So I don't... That's kind of that's a lot of money for especially just a comedy, but yeah, this movie is still gonna come out on December eighteenth. It's the same date as it was originally supposed to come out, so it didn't pull a soul and push it and streaming. Um, but yeah, uh, I read the plot synopsis. This is the sequel. Uh, is gonna follow Akeem, Eddie Murphy, who's on his way to become the king of Zamunda, and then he discovers his long lost son in Queens, New York and sets out to find him so he can honor his father's dying wish to groom him as the crown prince. Arsenio Hall reprises his role as Akeem's buddy, Semi. Uh, Tracy Morgan and Wesley Steins will also be joining. But it doesn't look like James Earl Jones is going to return either, and it said Eric LaSalle won't either, which is disappointing. And this is the original. It's one of the funniest movies I've actually seen. Um, But we haven't seen a trailer yet, and probably won't for a while, so we'll see how this works out. Another movie just recently got pushed to digital as well. Oddly enough, releasing on the same day as Coming to America, December 18th. Gerard Butler's disaster movie Greenland is going to come out on that day. And this movie has already came out and made money in some theaters internationally. But it's U.S. released. Um, It got removed from it one day. Yeah, one day before it was supposed to come out. September 25th is the day it was supposed to come out. And I looked. September twenty fourth, they said, "Oh, it's been taken off the release date." It was, That's really, really weird. Um, and it's not—I know it's not gonna be the best movie ever, but visually, I would have—it would have been fun to see this on the big screen. I kind of have a soft spot for disaster movies. I actually kind of liked uh, the twenty twelve movie with John Cusack. I know a lot of people hate that movie, and I could kind of understand why. But the George Butler's movies, they, they'll either be fun or complete garbage. For every Olympus Has Fallen he makes, there's going to be like a geostorm or something. But um, yeah, I kind of like the Has Fallen movies. And this film actually has the same director as the most recent one, Angel Has Fallen, which wasn't half bad. So I'll definitely watch this movie. But yeah, it's disappointing that I'm going to have to watch it on a TV screen instead of a big screen with all the noise and everything. Another movie that's been talked about quite a while recently, George, uh, George Miller's Furiosa origin story. They just cast Anya Taylor-Joy as the lead. She's going to be replacing Charlize Theron from Fury Road. She actually did a really good job in Fury Road, so I hope they have like past and future scenes intertwining, possibly, or something like that. And I doubt Charlize Theron is happy at all as, about this news because she doesn't really have any work. Um, unless if they... Uh, bring in, a new, uh, like, a sequel for The Old Guard, which came out this earlier this year, which also wasn't half bad, but yeah, she, she, I hope she gets more work, because she's a really good actress, um, but if George Miller wants to tell a 15, uh, a story 15 years prior or something like that, you can't really do that with Charlize Theron, so, I mean, like, the actors are only there to serve the story, not the other way around, so, yeah, it's just disappointing that she's not coming back, um, Anya Taylor-Joy has been really good in just about everything I've seen, but I don't believe she's led a film besides, uh, Emma, which came out earlier this year. I haven't seen that movie, so I don't, I couldn't tell you how she did. Um, and then Chris Hemsworth is also starring in this movie who hasn't had any big wins outside the MCU with Thor. And then Yahya Abdul-Mateen, II was also announced. Um, and he's had a lot of work lately, especially with Warner brothers. He was black man, and Aquaman, uh, Dr. Manhattan, Watchmen, he just won an Emmy for that. So yeah, I, I'd like to see who his agent is and who they also work with. Um, but yeah, these are just early stages on, so we'll see later on um, what comes out. A new trailer just came out the other day. Mi- Mia Yovovich and Paul W.S. Anderson's uh, Monster Hunter. They're tackling another variety of video game source material after being booted off the Resident Evil games, which is very loosely based on the games. Um, yeah, these people have no originality. Oh, we can't do that, uh, that monster video game? Well, we'll just take another monster thing instead. Um, anyway, the creature designs just look, su- like, surprisingly good, actually. But the trailer overall was very dull and unappealing, and I have very low hopes. And I doubt the trailer giving us any sort of story will change my mind, so, yeah. Last but not least... This is why I asked you, Bert, to come on. Oh yeah! You just had a show on Netflix debut called The Cabin, and it's just five twenty-minute-long uh, episodes, but they are absolutely hilarious. It's so good. Yeah, you got Anthony Anderson, Big J Okerson, Bobby Lee, Dion Cole, Donnell Rawlings, Miss Pat, who's very, very funny. I, I'm, she was like a new discovery for me. Uh, fortune Feemster. Gabriel Iglesias, Joel McHale, Joey Diaz, Kaylee Cuoco, Nikki Glaser, Tom Segura, and Caitlyn Jenner. All very, very funny people. It was awesome. I honestly couldn't tell you which episode I liked the most. The one with Caitlyn Jenner and Nikki Glaser Fortune Themester, That was really good. But then the next one with Donald Rawlings and Bobby Lee. I, I liked them all. I liked them all. Also, I heard a bit about you talking, doing a season two, likely to come out next October. Yeah, I'd really like that. And I'm sure you, a massive party guy and everything, just loved making a show about nothing but doing random things with your friends. I'm sure you would love to do that again. Hundred All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of Weekly Movie Wrap-Up. Thank you so much, Bert, for joining me. Let me tell you something. It was awesome. I've never had this much fun with my family. Go check out his show, The Cabin, on Netflix, as well as Your Mom's House and Two Bears, One Cave podcast on the Your Mom's House podcast YouTube channel. Trust me, you will not regret it. It's so funny. And thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.